how can we incentivize the members to be the ones providing value as well, highlighting their lessons, highlighting their challenges, seeking for help. What do you want to take away from this community? Yeah. What do you want to talk about? What are you an expert in? What's the difference between the audience that you think that you're speaking to versus the audience that you're actually speaking to, right? A really good way to ensure that you're giving them the prompts and the content is asking them for feedback. What are those little pieces of information that you share with your community, right, that you ask back and uh, what are the indicators like what's resonating what's not resonating that might be a video that might be a piece of content use the language and the words that they're giving you right that's what they understand yeah. and that's what they want i think if you grow as a creator eventually as a result your show grows i think it's amazing you're the average of the five people that surround you what's it same with your business like what are the businesses that you partner with what is the publishing networks that you partner with are they helping you are, you, are they elevating you right we've got some fresh hey, new young talent doing some things is Profit Podcast. And here you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. You guys are happy to do it. Hey man, I'm trying to read over here the legend of the sounds. I know. It is what it is. It is what it is. Fonzie, welcome back. I'm happy. Thank you for calling me into the studio today. We're going to record at the home studio, but yeah. we came to the professional studio. That is right. That is right. <laughs> Not because I was, you know, backlogged with all the all the recordings here at the studio, you know, since I've been here by myself all week, but it's okay. I know. I've been trapped with my two kids, sick kids, may I add, for like the last week, and we also had a hurricane, and my beautiful wife was on a cruise so you know i'm about to go crazy uh i'm on a challenge where i can't drink and it's been like really hard not to drink this week just saying not that i'm alcoholic or anything, but yeah you sound like you sound like one that's for sure so tell me what we're talking about today. Uh, today we have a special guest everybody keeps asking us about community how we got into the amazing hotspot network and uh just last week i think it was last week we just went to uh, Denver to yeah. uh, Podcast Movement, and we hung out with our incredible family of our network, the Hotspot Podcast Network. So we brought you somebody special. We've been chatting with her here and there. We've been trying to recruit her for the show for about a year, and uh, we finally convinced her. You know, we, we had to go to Denver and be like, you have to come. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're still laughing. By the way, fun fact, uh, we played uh, pinball together, and... Uh, Anyways, we'll let her tell the story. But anyways, if you're enjoying the show, go ahead and follow it in your favorite podcasting platform and YouTube. And uh, I'm just saying, this music went on a crazy mix right now. Oh, didn't you hear? That thing was like, wicked, wicked DJ in the house. I know, it's a song, leave it. All right, guys, let's let's do this. Let's, let's just run with the intro, okay? Because I'm proud of this one. So, this is a fun one. Okay, 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 okay. So, so we're, I mean, we're back finally after like a week and a half of not being here. This time with someone pretty special from the Hotspot Podcast Network. That is right. We are bringing you the big boss, the creator partnerships manager from Hotspot Creator. And she is here to share the insights she has learned from working with some of the best creators in that game. <coughs> AKA Content is Profit, that is right. Please welcome <laughs> the boss and professional pinball player, Carly Baker. <laughs> Carly, what's up? Hey, hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. I think my brother forgot that <laughs> no, we, wait, wait, you know, 
decrease the levels of the recording and it's banging the music out here. I know. Uh, for those watching like the YouTube version, right? Like you will see our equipment and how we run the, the, the live show here, but it's all muscle memory, man. And the levels, when you change the levels, it's hard for me to adapt. It's, you know, repetitions for more than 400 episodes. You're it's saying, called but attention <laughs> and intention, but it's okay, Carly, this is about you. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Just fresh off a podcast movement, ready to jump into inbound next week and just feel like I'm fully, you know, fully, fully in it with all things creators, full steam ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you guys have been crushing these last couple of years, right? Obviously with, you know, the addition of Contents Profit to your platform, I think that was a highlight of the year last year. And then uh, for you guys, definitely. And then uh, I'm joking, just for me. Fonzie, you, you laugh at my jokes, please. Uh, okay, okay, that sounds good. <laughs> Only the good ones. <laughs> and uh, I mean, we just came back from, from podcast movement, right? And it was so awesome to see all the creators there. And one of the questions that we get a ton from our community and the people trying to grow their shows is, how did you guys manage to like join the Hotspot Podcast Network in a sense? And obviously, you know, we've, we've told that story a couple of times, but I want to hear from your side, right? Like, why do you guys decided to start this podcast network? And uh, maybe your thoughts on like how important a group of people and environment like that is for content creators today. Yeah, absolutely. So HubSpot has historically made podcast content for a long time, you know, long before the network even, you know, was a thought or, or even came into existence. And so I think, yeah. you know, Hub, HubSpot's approach to to media and, and to, to ed educational or, or educational content yeah. has been really strong, right? So if you think about HubSpot in the early days, made a huge impact on the blog side, right? And so I think everything that they've built has just kind of come on top of that. And now we're at the point where we have an entire media team, right? And within the media team, we focus a lot on, you know, owned and and also licensed and, and creator deals. And so we've really be, been able to expand sort of our media reach mm. through that. Uh, in terms of the network, we launched in May of 2021. I believe we had eight shows when we launched. And yeah. now I was just looking at the website. We have 36. So wow. we've grown a ton in two and a half years. It's kind of unbelievable. I love going on the website and just thinking back even to when I started um, almost two years ago, I think we had 17 shows. So the, yeah. the growth has just been absolutely massive. Um, and I think for me, one of one of my favorite parts about the community and, and what I think really makes it special is that everyone in the community is a business owner. Everyone's under this umbrella, right? And so yeah. when you think about other traditional networks, there's a true crime podcast and there's a <laughs> podcast, an interview podcast yeah. led by a celebrity and there's maybe a news show. And so I think it can yeah. be really hard to build community when everyone is so separate in their own lanes, right? And so when we think about the HubSpot Podcast Network, one of the things I think that we have to our advantage is that we all of all of the shows fall under kind of a, a niche umbrella, which is the business space. But within that, and I think people miss this a lot with networks, is that even if there's an overarching niche, there's still many niches under that, right? And yeah. so we have a lot of creator focused shows. We have CEO and yeah. sort of business leadership shows. You know, we sort of have everything under that umbrella. And because everyone's a business owner, I think it makes it really easy for there to be a natural sense of community, right? Everyone's speaking to adjacent audiences, not the same, but adjacent audiences. They're running their businesses, yeah. either their podcast businesses or external businesses or both. Everyone's looking to use their show as a lead magnet. And so I think 
having so many people in the network that have that business mindset and that business perspective on their show uh, really has just helped, you know, they understand the power of community and the power of talking to each other. Right. And I think when we think about the podcast industry and definitely experienced some of this, I think a podcast movement, like there's so much gatekeeping, right? There's so Mm -hmm. much, I'm super successful and here's how big my number is and here's how big my reach is, but no one wants to share that. And that's always been a really big focus on the community side. Is it being a really friendly space for everyone to learn and and understand what others are doing and then how they can implement that into their own shows and their own businesses. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of my favorite parts of being on the network is that you guys go out there with the mindset of how do we help, you know, all the creators in the network to grow and you go on, you know, whether that is the tools or like kind of like those master classes that you guys bring, you know, I think those are incredible resources, right? And, uh, I have had a lot of people ask me, right? It's like, oh, what is like the advantage of actually being part of this network, you know? And like, sure, there are strategically, you know, things involved that make a lot of sense for growth. But at the same time, when they ask me, I'm like, number one is that growth environment. It's like, if like the amount of resources that you guys pour onto us to like help us grow mm-hmm. the show, yeah. or just even, it might not be directly related to grow the show but grow as a creator which i think if you grow as a creator eventually you know like your as a result your show grows i think it's amazing like it's a it's a lot of fun being part of that right and honestly at the same time it kind of like shows us how to properly run a community which we're trying to do with our business yeah, I think, uh, you know, last night we were commenting off camera that I've been watching one of our, you know, Huffa creators on the YouTube side. And, and uh, there was a phrase on an interview that he's doing to Danny Duncan, right? Like a big YouTuber that a lot of people might find crazy, polarizing, you know. And uh, the kid's actually like super smart and they, he's built a multi-million dollar like operation. Not only, from, not only from the YouTube channel, but like physical businesses, right? And uh, what really uh, attracted me to his mentality was that he's like, hey, there's plenty of downloads to go around. There's plenty of likes to go around. There's plenty. So what you mentioned, you know, the gatekeeping in the industry, right? It's when we first started podcasting, we actually started at an event where we went to try to sell our services. We didn't have a podcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, even though we were in the conference, like this, I personally still felt like there was a lot of gatekeeping with the information. We came out of that. We're like, well, it seems great. Like everybody here has a podcast and they're super friendly and stuff, but we still don't really know how to like either start it or grow it. Right. And we actually had to mm-hmm. start publishing, you know, very frequently to increase, you know, the, the, the production cycle so we can learn yeah. uh, very fast. So, uh, you know, with that comment, I'm like, well, this is super awesome because when we were looking for networks to, to join or apply or like, what are these communities, right. That we want to be a part of. That was a huge element. Right. And we talk a lot about the, the environment that you're in, right? You, you hear the phrase of like, you, you're the average of the five people that surround you. Well, same with your business. Like what are the businesses that you partner with? What is the publishing networks that you partner with? Are they helping you? Are, you? are they elevating you, right? And I remember being on a pitch where the whole network sounded amazing. It was really great. But then they were going to charge us like 500 bucks to be in the network. And we're like, well, what, like, but why? And it just felt like really stingy. And yeah. I was like, well, thank you, but no, thank you. And, uh, and then you guys, you know, came and, and saved us from, from something <laughs> about decision. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but I think that's super important, right? So f- you, I mean, you obviously work in the community side and, uh, you know, you, you now are very heavy into, into YouTube. Uh, what is an advice for somebody that's looking 
for for that? Maybe how do they find their group? How do they find that house that, that can help them elevate their content or, or their business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, you know, if, if we're speaking about it through a partnerships lens, I think working with advertisers um, or monetizing in a way uh, you know, that's actually a partnership, right? So how I, how we like to, what we, what we like to say about the network is that we're a creator first network. So if you think about a pyramid with three, um, sort of with three sections of the pyramid, I would put like, I would put education at the bottom of that pyramid. And it goes exactly with what you said. We really are creator first. We know that there is a lot of there, everyone in the network, um, is at a place where they want to, and they need to learn something to grow their show, to grow their audience, to level up their content. Right. So at the foundation of everything that we do, it really is education. Mm. Sort of the second, uh, the second tier of that pyramid is community. Super, super important, right? Being able to have someone to give you feedback on your content to share, Hey, I'm working on this advertising campaign. This is really helpful. Um, here, here are some vendors that I'm working with that have done X and X for my content. Like having that open flow of communication and that support is really important. And then like the advertising is on the top of that, right? So we really take a, a, a bottom up approach. And I think I would recommend that other creators think about what do they want from these partnerships, right? I was just reading this article that I'll have to share with you about people that are getting scammed by advertisers and agencies who are taking their money, even mm. though they fulfilled the terms of the partnerships. And I think as, you know, the influencer and creator industry continues to grow, people need to be really wary of this. I think there's a lot of resources out there for um, how to how to catch these things, right? Yeah. How to figure out, you know, if there's kind of scammy vibes going on. But I think going into a community or a partnership with either a brand or, or entering a community, you have to think about like, not only what do I want to take away from this, but what can I give to this, right? Those types of relationships should never be one-sided. If you think yeah. about advertisers, you know, they clearly have their own goals in mind. And if you're entering a partnership with someone, the creator should have their own goals and be able to communicate that and their needs with the partnership. That way, from the start, the expectations are set. I think there's a lot of folks that maybe don't know how to advocate for themselves in that way or aren't sure what they want. And then at the end of the partnership, they're, uh, maybe it didn't go how they want. And I think a lot of that has to do with, yeah. you know, setting expectations. But in terms of community, I mean, I think it's been amazing to see sort of the shift over my time working in community to it being a really big focus, right? I think especially in the online space, yeah. if you think about like traditional communities, right? Like my dad's been a member of a member of a rotary club for like 25 <laughs> years. So that was like way before in the early days of the internet, right? And like yeah. he was going to in-person events and doing these things because he couldn't find a community of business owners online. And I think in the online age, it's so much easier. I know myself personally, I'm a part of a ton of different pod groups for podcasters, groups for YouTubers. I'm a part of a thumbnail only <laughs> like feedback group, which is really fun. So I yeah. would say, you know, community is really important and whether or not that's sort of attached to advertisers or partners that you're working with, um, it should still be a priority for all creators to, you know, grow and expand their, their personal network and just have a better idea of what people that might be in an adjacent lane are doing and sort of what you can learn from them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm curious on, cause my mind immediately goes, so yeah, there's a lot of communities. We've been part of plenty of communities as mm -hmm. well on other aspects of our business. 
but it can get overwhelming too, right? With your obviously day to day. And then eventually you find that you are in 50 different <laughs> Facebook groups, all handing at everyone tags on all the posts and you get in 250 <laughs> notifications. Like it gets overwhelming. Right. So yeah. maybe what are, uh, what can be like a thought process? How can somebody rationalize staying in a group? Right. I'm guessing obviously that the value both ways, but at the same time, when is a good moment to leave a certain group, a certain community and focus maybe on some specific communities? Mm, great question. Okay. Number one, I'll say that I am afraid of Facebook groups <laughs> for that exact reason, because I don't know what it is with, yeah. I guess, the way that Facebook groups are or the way the platform works, but I feel like you can't go a single day without 150 notifications. So no matter what group you're in, even if you're in one, right? Yeah, so literally. I think that's really funny. I think in terms of knowing when to leave an online community, I think if you get to a point where you're no longer able to provide value and value is not being provided to you, I think is a really huge yeah. part of that. And I think if you have come to the group, you've learned, you know, maybe even beyond what you've wanted to learn, you're no longer able to give back to that community. I think it really is. I think people stay in communities for too long when they're, it's no longer serving them. And then they're like, why am I seeing all this content and getting all these yeah. notifications? This isn't helping me, but I think it's harder to get people to leave communities than it is to enter them, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, but I also think that every community is different. You know, yeah. some communities are, you go in there and it's like crickets are happening, right? And you see the same person over and over and over again that are posting yeah. with little engagement. And if you see that, like, if you get in there and no one's in there, like, feel free to you know, it's, it's not worth your time try waiting. Right. Yeah. I always tell people, if you get into a community and you're in there for a little while and nothing's really happening, then go find one that's better suited for you. But at the end of the day, I think communities mean different things to different people. I think like the thumbnail community that I'm in, for example, like I'm not a YouTuber, but I work with YouTubers. So I yeah. use it as an educational tool for myself. Right. And so I think different communities can serve you in different ways, but I don't think that like being a part of 50 communities is probably going to be helpful in terms of what yeah. you're actually able to digest and take away from those, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to have to share with those, the, the thumbnail <laughs> people, right? The thumbnail yeah. community. I think that would be pretty cool for, uh, I mean, obviously we're involved with creating thumbnails and all that stuff and mm -hmm. probably share with our designer. And you, rem you just reminded me of a comment that a previous guest shared here on the show. And I actually repeated that comment in the panel that we had mm -hmm. at the event, which is, you know, the realization and understanding that, you know, like people are going to come and go in your community and it's the same yep. you in other communities. Right. Yeah. And I feel like we like is natural for humans to, you know, once you go into something and then it becomes known, you want to just attach to it, even though if it's not serving mm. you anymore, like you feel safe, probably just being there rather than leaving an opening space for something new that you might not necessarily, you know, know exactly how it's going to go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that is a little bit more scary than kind of like staying on, on, on this thing. So I think that is, honestly, that does a huge shift for yeah. me because I was like, oh man, like the people that are not engaging the, the, and all the, that stuff. The light like turning on and, you know, on fancy and it's like, oh. It's the like spot, a, the spotlight, like, spotlight like, shining like, on. <laughs> um, and yeah, and, and your wings like, flying away. <laughs> yeah, <almost. laughs> he floated for a little bit. He's like, yes, I got the realization. <laughs> yeah, Carly, you're making my 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 brother's day by you know building up on his jokes. 
perfect, Carla. That's why I love That's you. That's what I'm here for. Yes, yes. Um, I, I, I think too, like, uh, I go back to the concept of like protecting your own time, right? Like, and mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the day, it's like, we, we, we already live in stressful lives, right? Like, I, I, I was just talking offline, right? Like, how crazy of a week I've had <laughs> in a sense, right? But I'm sure like everybody listening today, uh, they look back at their house or like might be going crazy, right? Like things are going, so we don't need more stress. We don't need more anxiety. Mm -hmm. And I was listening to an interview to, with this like uh, professional so soccer player, Haaland, right? And they're asking you, they're asking him if, if he does like ice baths. And he's like, man, that's like, it's good for your health, but it's really stressful. I don't need more stress in my life. And then yeah. for him, that's not valuable at that time, right? So um, I go back and I related it to, you know, content, things that you see, like all the notifications, right, 24-7. And if that's bothering you, right, like, well, that's an indicator of, like, maybe we have to make a, a change. And, and like mm -hmm. you said, so I, I think that protecting your time is, is very important. And uh, we're always on, for some reason, at least that was my case, uh, when we're starting, we're always searching for like that answer to like the secret sauce, or, like what is this mm -hmm. behind or the pay or behind the paywall or behind like the people that are doing it really, really amazing, right? And at the end of the day, like what I've seen, I think, like this is my 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 thought process today. Mm -hmm. It's like we probably already know like ninety five percent of the things that we need to know, and what we need to do now is go execute, right? So yeah. in my sense, like this is a conversation I have with Fonzie all the time, like he thrives on that curiosity, right? Like I get very overwhelmed with it personally, right? Mm -hmm. So like, perfect. Like, and sometimes like we defer on, on points of view because like he likes to consume content a ton. Like if I consume content, it might be something a little bit different, something like funny or something outside of my industry yeah. because I think right now for me, what's gonna help me is like focus, put the blinders, maybe two, three people that we follow, you know, the network advice. And like, we're already in the groups that are serving us big time. So, yeah. um, you know, how do you think people can identify like those groups? Like what are some indicators that you're like, okay, I'm in a good community, right? I'm a, I have my own process. Uh, I have my own thoughts, but I would like to hear your opinion on it. Yeah, absolutely. And definitely would like to popcorn it back to you after I'm done <laughs> to hear your, hear your thoughts about it. I think uh, going back to like what you said, like if you're stressed out about like notifications, probably not a good fit for you. It means probably that things are moving really quickly in the community. And if you have 20 minutes a day that you can spend in there and the other 23 plus hours in the day, you're just getting spammed with notifications. You might be like feeling the FOMO or feeling stressed. Like I'm missing all of this stuff in the community. So I think the pay finding a community that's a good pace for you and going back to, you know, protecting your time. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. Um, I think also, again, going back to what I said, if you get in there and it's crickets, it's going to stay crickets most likely unless there's a major overhaul. So, you know, you'll want to get out of there. I think another thing is in communities where there's a facilitator, there's a couple of things to look for, right? So if there's a community manager or a facilitator, if they are the only person in there and that's or that's getting responses or that's posting things to get people to respond. I think that can be um, maybe a little bit of a yellow flag. I wouldn't say it's a red flag, but I think one of the signs of a really great and healthy community is that people in the community are posting themselves and they're not only posting like I hit a hundred thousand YouTube subscribers or they're not only sharing wins, but they're being really vulnerable. Right. And I think yeah. this is one of the pillars of community that a lot of people miss out on is empathy and vulnerability within that community. Right. I think 
when you think about other maybe community focused platforms like LinkedIn, like you go on LinkedIn and it's all mostly, I did this, I got this new job, I won this award. Like it's so much, it's Mm. really focused on kind of uplifting themselves for their audience, right? And when you think about, you know, when you go to a community and you're struggling with something, you want to be validated. You want to see, oh, I'm having a hard time with this. And this person just shared that they're having a hard time with this. And now we can form a connection about this and figure out how we're going to sort of move through this together. Right. And so I yeah. think empathy and, and vulnerability in the community is a really, really good sign. Absolutely. What do you think, Fonzie? I mean, I think I go back to, um, I go, I had to Google it up just in case <laughs> to confirm well, Seth Godin book Tribe, right? He says that a good community is not just like the leader communicating down yes. and down the members of the tribe, communicating up towards the leader, but there's also that element. It's more like a triangle. Yeah, it's a at triangle. At the bottom. Yeah. Yep. They're like communicating between each other, right? Mm-hmm. And I've been in those type of groups where they have these engagement questions, you know? And I would, I would argue that majority of the groups, actually, they have a lack of incentive by the community to start mm-hmm. conversations, mm-hmm. which is very is honestly very challenging to, to get there. I feel like there's very, very little communities that do so. And again, I don't want to say that, you know, creating things to drive engagement is is bad because you do need to kickstart it in a way yeah. somehow. But I think you can tell easily when it is being done from an authentic way, you know, from an honest, you know, willing to help way rather than yeah. I just need the engagement. So people know I'm here, right? Like you just keep popping notifications um, mm-hmm. and that's it. So it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. A lot, a lot of the big communities, if I'm being honest, that I see a lot of the member to member communication is mostly events actually there's mm-hmm. very little um entrepreneurial groups that where mm-hmm. i see the members <coughs> posting and driving the value yeah. um so it, it, it's definitely a, a challenge i would like to maybe what are some of the incentives right somebody that is you know growing that community just like maybe content is profit you know i'm not gonna say <laughs> or group is a little bit of crickets i will i will say this so please if you go in there do not uh take it as a yellow or red flag <laughs> give us an opportunity get we're, we're in a comeback this is a comeback but carly yeah. you know maybe for those curious minds aka mm-hmm. us on how yeah. to drive you know that engagement by the members how can we incentivize mm-hmm. the members to be the ones, you know, providing value as well. And not only us as, hey, we're going to have a workshop this weekend. Make sure you join. Like, sure, that is part of it. But we want them highlighting their lessons, highlighting their challenges, seeking for help, right? I think that is extremely important. How do we do that? Yeah, I think the number one thing that comes to mind is ask your community what they want. I think that feedback Mm -hmm. is often, you know, you could have, a bunch of ideas or ask chat GPT or some other, you know, <laughs> AI engine to, to come up with potential question or engagement yep. topics. Right. But even if you have what you perceive to be the best, you know, the best questions and you're putting them in the, in the channels and no one's responding, it comes down to a, it comes down to, you know, how I think about things on the podcast side too. It's like, what's the difference between the audience that you think that you're speaking to versus the audience that you're actually speaking to. Right. And I think in a lot of cases, 
those are very two different things. And so I think a really good way in your community to ensure that you're giving them the prompts and the content and like encouraging, you know, that conversation that those folks want is asking them for feedback. Yeah. Asking them what, when you enter the community, you can set up a simple form saying, when you, you want to join this community, what do you want to take away from this community? What do you want to talk about? What are you an expert in? That way you have a good idea. You know, you have data points you're hearing directly from them about what they want. Right. So that gives you a really good base of, we have a lot of people in here that are, let's say, product marketing experts, and they want to learn about sales funnels. So let's get some people in here that know about sales funnels, and yep. let's ask questions to these sales folks. To you know, like you have to do. It's not as easy as just putting oh, in yeah. a prompt and letting people respond, right? You have to, and it's not asking for feedback once either. It's asking yeah. for continual feedback. It's has to always be going in a way that's really accessible to those people inside. Yeah. It takes it takes work. I think uh, it takes hard work. Uh, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like everything takes work, right? Like we, yeah. we for some reason we continue to look for like the shortcut. There's no shortcut. We, you have to put in the work. Like, and uh, I think I a good example is uh, any moms groups. Oh, I thought you were going to say, <laughs> I think a good example is me seeking the shortcut. No, uh, I, I, I don't believe in shortcuts anymore. It's been a while. Uh, but mom's groups, right? Or I remember, um, so my wife is, is working on a side project that I'm very proud of, which I cannot say anything. I'm so proud, but I can't say it. Wait, She's not like, even to me? No. She, wow. she, she made me promise. She's like, do not say anything. But now but people <laughs> are going to know that she's working on a side oh, project. We're, so I'm going to ask her. We're teasing That's it. good. That gives a little, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Gives a little so mystery. Marketing went away. Let the marketing <laughs> yeah. start. Um, and uh, one of my questions was like, well, how are you going to get the word out? And uh, she's part of this like mom slash pharmacies gr- groups. And they're like 30,000 people. And like, mm-hmm. it's like, wow. she's in that thing like every day. And like, there's all these things. So I think, you know, we, we go... Uh, when people ask us like, well, how do I, how to do X or how do I start a show or how do I start like this content? And at the end of the day, it's like, well, what is somebody that you admire that's doing something? Like, can we model something like that? And Mm -hmm. not necessarily in your own space, right? Like it could be something different and then you take inspiration from like that thing that's completely different and do it. So, uh, I think in groups, it's like that. Like the second I saw that community, and obviously I'm not allowed to, I just had to like grab the phone and be like, let me see, uh, what's the secret <laughs> sauce over here? And uh, it was it was incredible, right? And and uh, you see a ton of people collaborating and, and in, in different things. So it's like, okay, how do you extract that? But at the end of the day is we we have to put in the work to, um, to be able, we have to care at the end of the day. I remember a presentation too. Uh, maybe yeah. it was, I think it was like Fun Hacking Live maybe two, three years ago. Uh, Pulling, Kaylin Pulling, and she built her entire multi-million dollar business out of her community. About and like she's like, what's the secret? I ask, I ask them what they want, and then we build what they want and we sell it what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And like the whole community was excited. They were they were very happy. Like they will like you know sell out every single product, and it started with product A, and then you know they ended up developing like twenty other products that it came from that community that they had really engaged. So it's like it's it's that relationship math. I think it yeah. applies to not only the business, but also for the content. I remember when we joined you guys, uh, one of the first pieces of feedback was like, uh, we like your dynamic. We like you guys together. We want more solo episodes. And it was not just from you guys when we started asking. <laughs> when we started asking, uh, people agreed, right? And uh, so mm-hmm. we've made an effort to, okay, okay, we have to, you know, sprinkle here and there, uh, you know, the Luis's magic uh, a little bit, but. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so 
going going back to you know that uh that little story that you just shared there i think it's also really important um and actually at at inbound steph taylor had talked about this and you know her launches of her digital products of use the language and the words that they're giving you right so if they're telling when when you're getting that feedback if they're putting things in a certain way give them that language back that's what they understand and that's what they want and those like linguistic cues are huge and can contribute a lot to to your success in your community and to people actually responding to those prompts and going to your workshops and doing you know whatever you're offering inside of your community and then of course if you're eventually you know, selling a private membership or products or anything like that. Like you need to use the language that they use to describe these things. I think that's often missed as well. Yeah. And going back, you know, to the fact that there are no shortcuts, I definitely learned that in my role. And I definitely went the route of like, here's, here's what I think the community wants. Here's some prompts that I think are, think are great. You know, here's this and that and the other thing. And um, it was crickets in there, right? And so I had to really start collecting that feedback. You know, I didn't use a form. I just asked people yeah. directly what they wanted. And I think that, you know, our our community is is by no means, you know, perfect, but it's something that we're always working on and we're trying to serve people. And I think continuing that cycle of feedback and wanting it to be valuable and working for it to be valuable as people come and go, as the community grows, as it becomes, you know, as you maybe niche up um, and welcome other people in there, I think it's, it's a never ending cycle. You know, you're sort of a hamster in the wheel. That's kind of just always going around. And I think that, you know, there's sort of a, idea in the community space of like oh if i open the community people will just come and they'll do all the work for me and i think it really just could not be further from the truth honestly (laughs) yeah yeah i think there needs to be a certain level of like consistent incentives too in a way like Mm -hmm. what is you know we often talk about the acronym WIFT, right what's in it for them and at the end of the day everybody as much as we might hate to say this like Everybody's just thinking about themselves first, right? Like they're yeah. they they're thinking about taking care of their needs, right? I don't like hate saying that. What's in it for for me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, when we think like that, what can I do for them first? Maybe that works as an incentive, right? Uh, yeah. I think, for example, I think a good a good example is when we run the forty five live the challenge yeah. with people, right? And the incentive. Sure, they all wanted to be consistent, but we knew from experience that it was going to get difficult after like mm-hmm. day 10. So we're like, okay, let's put here a few incentives, right? If you get to this day, you might get this. And whoever gets to the very last day and publish consistently for 45 days, we have a big prize, right? Equipment, which we know it can be pricey for people and they might not want mm-hmm. to, et cetera. Right. Like all these things. And we had great engagement, right? It was yeah. awesome. Like people were actually in there committed it was i think in a way was that extrinsic value of whiffed of what's in it for them which was like the equipment Mm -hmm. right that of course like i think it you know that those material things does push people sometimes to do certain stuff but also the intrinsic value which was them learning to create more them Mm -hmm. you know building their confidence through repetition them realizing that guess what people actually don't care as much if you make a mistake doing a live video right like all <laughs> yeah. these all these different things so i think now, now going back like sharing this i'm reflecting on it at the same time and i'm like huh maybe a good exercise is looking into those like extrinsic intrinsic 
elements that we can add mm -hmm. into our community, right? What What do you yeah. think are those for uh, for the Hotspot Podcast Network? What do you think are some of those extrinsic intrinsic elements? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think everyone who joins the network and I think across the industry is really focused on on growing their reach. I think that means different things to different people. I think yeah. um, for some people that means having as large of an audience in terms of downloads or, so, or social reach, but not focusing on engagement. And I think for others, it means maybe having a little bit of a smaller download number in social reach, but having really high engagement. So I think that those are two kind of different paths that I see a lot of podcasters on. I also think that there's um, a third aspect of that that can fit onto both where, you know, a lot of folks use their show as part of their funnel. So they use yeah. it to advertise for their own products. Um, and so they, they want to grow their reach because it helps them, um, you know, get more clients and more leads and sell more products and all of those different things. I think what we've seen in our community is there's a lot of uh, focus on education mm -hmm. and news. So I know myself, like now, I contribute a lot of like industry updates. I share a lot of technology. You know, we just had all of these big updates with Spotify and yeah. Apple and analytics and all of this stuff. Yeah. And so I know that, you know, analytics has been a really hot topic in the podcast industry, right? Especially on the Apple side, it's been very difficult for people yeah. um, who have their show on Apple. And so I look at that and I go, oh, this is really valuable for the community because now people are going to know this is a feature. They can see directly how to go into their Apple Connect and set it up. And now they're going to have a lot more attribution on that side, right? So as someone who shares a lot myself in the community, I always yeah. think of what is the value? Like, I guess, what is the value? And also, is this strategy or is this implementation? I think that you can have strategy, implementation, and strategy and implementation. And this kind of goes back, hmm. you know, Fonzie, maybe you're, a little bit more interested in the strategy side, right? You're out there, you're taking in all the information, you're looking at what people doing and what people are doing. And Luis, you're taking that in and going, okay, well, how do we implement this into the business, right? Yeah. And so I think when you have a community, you need to have a good mix of content. It can't just all be, here's things that, here's strategies you should be doing, but here's not a scent of information how to implement it, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's also, you know, here's, implement to grow your reach and then here's stuff that's entertaining or educational right of things um no i just chat about the process throughout the way i love like the framework of a challenge i think it's so fun um, so I think knowing and having a good idea of personas within your community yeah. of what are people's intrinsic and, uh, extrinsic motivations and having yeah. an idea of how to have content for each of those types of people is really important. Yeah. Um, I, like, when you were mentioning this, I, I, it came to my head like, okay, we got to decide like what is the type of community that you want to have in a sense like what what are what's the framework i you know we just experienced alex hormozzi's launch right and his model is incredible right free information because he's looking for a specific uh that th there's a back end but it's a specific person for yeah. that back end and uh and i'm like i, I remember 
seeing him explain this whole thing and uh, and during lunch, I was like, like screw it, why the paywalls, right? In a sense, and obviously like there's a business that has to run, but it's like trying to figure out like he, the true motives of like why we're sharing this information. Do we do yeah. we really believe that we're living in a in a world of abundance, right? Mm-hmm. Do we really believe that the information that we share is useful for these people. And this is a conversation that you and me have had many times, right? Yeah. In, in, in a sense of like, okay, if we dive into into YouTube specific content, how's that gonna look like, right? Like if we dive into the solo episodes, how's that gonna look like? Uh, the content for the group, how's that gonna look like? But at the end of the day, everything is a hypothesis until you actually go ahead and, and, and go test it, right? So what are, what are those little pieces of information that you share with your community, right? That you ask back and uh, what are the indicators like what's resonating what's not resonating that might be a video that might be uh, a piece of content that that you put out there that might be uh something else so i think it's super interesting and uh, and deciding like how do you want to deploy it execute it for maybe a couple months and then see what happens right and then and then twist yeah, I'm sorry. With that said on your community, we definitely encourage you to go and decide, like, is this something that you want to do? Do you have the capacity, right? I think podcasting is a great way to start engaging directly with that person, right, that that you want to have in, in your community. So I'm super excited that we had Carly here today. I think her connection dropped for some reason. But yeah. uh, if anything, Carly, thank you so much for coming. Fonzie, any last thoughts? Just thank you, Carly. I know you cannot hear us right now, but we really <laughs> appreciate you and your insights, your wealth of knowledge. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to see what type of community we get to build. Right? We've been trying to content profit for a little bit. I want to see where we can take this. And I'm yeah. excited to see what community you are going to build. And if you have any special insights from these episodes, feel free to share with us at Bitrosco. That's right. And uh, with that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BaseBrosCo. That is Ryan and Carly here, helping you move one step closer towards your goal. Please don't forget to share this episode and, and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys. Take care.